Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello and welcome to show number 326 from Engage for Success. I'm Joe Moffat and host for today's show. And today we're going to be talking about how to build better employee experience solutions. Now that sounds very straightforward, um, but I'm I'm really looking forward to the next 30 minutes because we're going to be exploring uh, a particular area that I think is going to become increasingly important um, to the future of employee experience and thereby employee engagement. And that is the idea, the concept of personas. Um, and you may be wondering what we mean by those, and uh, I'm very pleased to have a, a, an expert with us for the next half an hour to share her experience of doing this for a, a major um, food manufacturer, Arla Foods. Um, so uh, welcome to Engage with Success Radio, uh, Marcella Alvarado. Hello, Marcella. Hi, Joe, and thank you for inviting me in. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. And um, Marcella is Digital Communications Manager at Arla Foods. And for the next half an hour, we're going to be talking about the approach that Arla Foods have taken to really gain much better insight uh, into their employees as an audience. And as a result of that, um, make better decisions and uh, and there thereby improve the employee experience as well. So um, it's going to be a really interesting um, half hour, I think, um, and uh, very pleased to have Marcella to sort of guide us through something, which I think is going to be quite a new and exciting area for, for our listeners to learn more about. Um, can we start off there, Marcella? Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? What's your background professionally? Well, of course, we can. Um, actually, I'm uh, born and raised in Arla Foods. I started here in 98, so that is last right. century, you can say so. <laughs> um, exactly. And I started exactly. as a web designer. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I started as a web designer. So um, knowing all about colors and pixels and, you know, in 98 mm-hmm. for me, it was kind of the start of the Internet as well. It, w- it has been on for a couple of years and so but, but it was not like everyone was on board on that. And actually, mm-hmm. when I came to Arla Foods, it was not like Internet was, was on, the, on the very, very start. So mm-hmm. it was about looking into what that Arla Foods needs an Internet for. That was back mm-hmm. then. And as a web designer, it was a lot about colors and visibility and trying to get into what is that... What kind of tools do people need? How can we actually enhance the usability and all those kind of things? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So moving further, I actually discovered that I was working with UX before something was called UX. And then right. it took from there. Okay. So I have been working in Arla for many years, and then I have also been outside of Arla. And mm-hmm. um, with that, uh, also trying to describe what kind of employees do we actually work with? What, what, mm-hmm. what are the people that are here in, in, in the different companies that I have been at? Okay. Then so let's get on, I act- sorry, sorry, I was going to say, let's get on to that yeah. in, a, in, in a moment. So, so UX, again, just for our, for our listeners' benefit, we mean user experience. So yeah. traditionally, that, that's, the, that's thinking about how people interact with, an, with a commercial website, really, isn't it? How do we make, it, how do we make that journey that people yeah. go on through the way they interact with a website easier? And as you say, it's the colors, it's the navigation, it's the... It's the font, Structure. the way information is displayed, and, and, and so yeah. on and so forth. 
Um, and so you, yeah, you were very in very early days then um, in this. If you if you were with Arla in from 1998. Um, yeah. So yeah. Okay. Can can you um, can you tell us a little about again just position Arla for our listeners as well? Because I know um, we're talking to you in Denmark, I believe, aren't we? Yes. I'm sitting in the headquarter in Aarhus in Denmark, a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. Come by if you want. Um, I'd love to. But, uh, <laughs> and Alavus is actually the fourth biggest dairy company in the world, and we are the leading um, um, organic company in the world, uh, creating mm-hmm. dairy products for every everybody. So right. we produce a lot of fresh milk, uh, mm-hmm. cheeses, yogurts, uh, skier, whatever we have in, in all the dairy products. Mm-hmm. So and we have a really uh, we are um, farmer owned. That means that we are um, a corporation owned by uh, almost eleven thousand farmers. So whatever oh, right. we do goes back to our farmers. So okay. they start the process and they end the process. Oh, um, right. Yeah, and that is actually quite interesting because we also need to kind of spend the money in the right way. And I mm. hopefully everyone does that. Um, mm. And that was actually also what kind of make us look at uh, user experience as a whole. Because as you mentioned, user experience can be a lot of different things. And mm. traditionally, we talked a lot about wireframe, color, structure, and all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But it's also about being faster to the information, getting faster to the information that you need. Being able to look up lists with prices as a product or, or whatever we have, so mm. that we can equip our employees to be to be able to serve better our customers. Right. So that right. is actually how we are looking at the whole value chain for the user experience. It's a whole life cycle that we are looking into, on mm-hmm. how to optimize the whole chain from start to end. Right. And, okay. And you can expand Sorry, that in all many yeah. kind of ways. Yeah. Okay. I think again, it's interesting. I I hadn't appreciated that Arla was a, a kind of cooperative farmer-owned uh, organisation. I think in the in the UK, um, Arla is a brand name that perhaps some of our listeners won't be familiar with because we don't see a product on the shelf in the supermarket called Arla. Um, not yet. Not to my knowledge. <laughs> we see we see Cravendale though. We see yes. Cravendale milk. Perfect milk. Um, yes. And you know that's, that's on the shelves. That's advertised. It's a you know it's a major consumer brand. So there are yeah. a number of brands within the Arla portfolio. We may be less familiar with the kind of the overall corporate name, if you like. Um, but so yeah. it's worth just positioning it in that way. But I think that I can mention a few that you absolutely must know. One is Lurpec. So the oh, spreadable yes. product, oh, yes, that yes, is one yes. of our main yes. brands. And then we also uh-huh. have Castello cheeses. Uh-huh. Um, and in the Middle East, we are really, really known for our puck. That is also spreadable cheese and a lot of variations. Um, okay. And then we have also uh, Baby and Me, that is uh, milk for infants. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we have a lots great of, range of, of products. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, so so let's um, so you sort of started this from the perspective of um, user experience and customer experience, and then you, you you're sort of bringing that expertise and insight approach across to saying, well, how do we how do we actually make uh, our employee experience better? Um, yeah. So can can you perhaps what what let's start by 
exploring why the project began. It's called the Personas Project. So what? Yes. Why? What? What was the? What was the trigger for this, Marcella? Uh, well, uh, various triggers actually. I started by creating um, with a huge team, uh, creating a new internet. Mm-hmm. And that was back in 2016, 15, something like that. And actually, mm-hmm. I was uh, working for an agency back then. Mm-hmm. So I was hired in as a user experience uh, mm-hmm. consultant to create the whole structure, the look and feel, and, and how to navigate. So it is actually to apply the user experience, the UX, on yes. the Internet. And on the first the internet, thing that I yeah. ask, yes, and the first thing that I asked the group, the team that I was working with, was do we have anything that describes who our main stakeholders are. Mm-hmm. Not the ones that are paying, but the ones that want to use this product at the yes. end. Yes. And then said, oh, but you know them. We have truck drivers and we have the people managers and we have uh, people going around in the sales organization and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. And, and they were kind of giving me all these kind of roles. And I said, but that doesn't really gives me an insight of how the, the, those people act. So mm. what are their needs? What are their expectations? How do they work? What do they perform? How do they get from A to B? Yes. Nothing yes. could tell me anything about that if you are just giving me a role. The only mm. thing and that I could give me by giving... And I nobody knew the answers to that, did they? They couldn't answer no. that question. Even. No. No, you're right, because when I say a truck driver, then you have a picture of how a truck, a truck driver looks like and is yeah. and, and behaves, and I mm-hmm. have a different one. So yeah. we actually, and that is also about talking about the same thing, being on the same page. Mm-hmm. It is about understanding who is it that we are talking about. Is it Robert mm-hmm. or is it a truck driver? What is the mm-hmm. difference between those two guys? And mm-hmm. how can we actually describe them in what habits they have, what needs they have, what aspirations mm-hmm. they have, dreams, fears, mm-hmm. something that yes. actually can characterize the person and not the role. Yes. Do you know, it's and fascinating, what we... it's fascinating, Marcella, because um, it, it, you know, this is, this is the, what you're describing is the kind of thing that at the marketing teams and customer insight teams, it's their lifeblood, isn't it? They, they, yes. they, you know, it's been going on for decades that we need to have real insight into the different thumbnails and the segmentations and profiling of our audiences and really, really understand them. Um, and HR and people teams have, have, are, very, are playing catch up from quite some way behind, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. And I think that we also fell into uh, that hole, if you can say so, that yeah. because people are working for you, then you know them. But yeah. actually you don't because we are 19,000 and sometimes we're 21,000 employees. And right, how could yeah. you know all those kind of persons? So what you yeah. actually know is the people around you. And sometimes mm. those people are exactly the same as you. You yep. have the same role, the same position, you, you, you have the same needs. So those are not the guys that we are going to investigate. We need to mm. investigate the people that we don't know. And yeah. also we're providing solutions for people that actually need it far away in distance from where we are. So mm-hmm. what about, I'm sitting here in Denmark, what about people in Sweden? Do they have different needs? Mm. Or what about if we go to, uh, I don't know, Nigeria? What, what are those kind of people? So, I mm. mean, you cannot describe them because you think that they look like you and then also expect that if you do a solution, then it would actually be a success. 
mm. because they are not technicians. They have not the same level, IT level skills as you have. They do not perform in the same way or think logically like you mm. do. They're mm. different. Mm. And they mm. also need to do another kind of job. They have another task to do. Not the ones that you're performing, checking your mails all the time and, and trying yes. to figure out if team is up and down or whatever it is. They mm, need actually mm. to move stuff from A to B. Mm, so mm. being in their shoes is something that marketing has, as you said, used for many years. But mm. we also need to integrate it here because we could see that we were creating one, two, three, ten thousand solutions. And we mm. actually failed in them. Why did mm. the adoption take so long? Why were people not satisfied? I mean, we had created this wonderful kind of solutions and, and then they were not happy about it? Why? So asking all these questions and also trying to create an internet where you actually knew that all the users are everyone else than those just around you. Mm. And of mm. course you needed, I needed to know who were these people. Mm. So and, and also asking outside in the business, they were also creating other solutions, and they didn't know either. Right. So I went right. to my boss, at uh, my leader at that time, uh, the, the most beautiful boss that I ever had. He was so visionary and, and understood the need we had to have this insight. Uh-huh. And we agreed that if we are going to go with these global personas, we needed to make them as generic as possible. That means that they could be implemented everywhere in our business. Mm-hmm. So that said, we also kind of excluded the thought about putting the role on our personas. Because, as I said before, if I mention truck driver, you already have a bias around it. You make a, a stereotype. You, you, yes. you just take the view in your mind. Yeah. And personas is everything about is 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 nothing about bias you need to mm. take mm. that away you need yeah. to only react on the facts that you have been served with mm-hmm. the personas so you need to understand mm. that persona and work from that mm. and, so, and can i ask you marcella um it began um from the from the start point of the intranet because that prompted a thought that actually didn't really have that insight but actually, yeah. once you began this process, it became clear that there was a much broader application um, yes. for, these, for these personas across a whole range of other interventions along the way in the, in the employee journey and the employee life cycle and the employee experience. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. Okay. So, so but what, actually what we... you... Sorry, go on. Yeah, but actually we didn't have the personas while we were working with the in- internet. We actually just published the internet and then hoped for the best. <laughs> and then afterwards, I was actually hired in as an ally employee because all those right. questions, I put them up while I was in an agency working for right. another company. Right. So when I joined Olive Bush for the second time, I talked to, to Jonas Blatt, and my, 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 uh, my boss at that time, I said to him, now we need to start this because the, the whole business is screaming of more insights. And also because okay. everything yes. that we do needs to be uh, data-driven. And mm-hmm. if you want that, you also need to know because numbers is not telling you anything. No, numbers are no. giving you a statistic overview of what happened. It doesn't okay. tell you why it yeah. happens. 
So can you can you give us a quick a quick overview of of how you went about de defining these these personas? Oh, a quick overview. Well, we did 190 interviews. Um, right. We wanted everything. We were a group of six people plus plus uh -huh. plus me, so that means seven people working uh -huh. full time on this. So it took uh, quite a lot of time. It's quite a, how a long large did it organization. Take? How long did it Nine take? Months. Nine months. Nine months. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. And the, the project team went from six to three, and then to four, and then to two, and then mm -hmm. to three. So it was mm -hmm. uh, shifting, but it was almost the same people all the time that we had on. Uh, mm -hmm. But we managed to interview 119 people in our mm -hmm. organization, everything mm -hmm. based on the um, representative statistically in our organization. So we went everywhere mm -hmm. in our core markets and also our other markets that we have uh, in our mm -hmm. homes. Mm -hmm. um, we also need to uh, kind of be uh, very specific about the gender, how many mm -hmm. uh, women against men that we interviewed. So everything was statistically mm -hmm. correct. Mm -hmm. uh, we did this 119 interviews of an average of 15 minutes per, uh, no, sorry, 50 minutes per interview. So we had a yeah. lot of data. Yeah. And then um, it was conducted in four languages and uh, we covered almost six business areas. Right. So that is yeah. a, a huge amount of data that we had. Yeah. And, and also what we did was start the data crunching because for every interview that we, we, uh, we went through, we actually needed to kind of assess what did they say. Mm. The, and that assessment took forever. And yeah, um, I can imagine. That it, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was the starting point. Before that, we actually interviewed the whole business, the six business areas that we had kind of in scope mm -hmm. to figure out what was it that they needed to know. So right. what okay. kind of, so how could we build up the interview guide? Yes. So yes. with that in hand, we also could kind of um, dive into the core of what we needed to ask mm. people, what it was, so, was so it needed for the just, business. It wasn't just about trying to develop these personas just, just because, it was no. actually developing these personas in order to meet the business's needs for yes. what they were going to be doing with those personas uh, once yes. you had crunched all that enormous amount of data, which must have been which must have been a huge task. Yeah, um, it was. <laughs> and how how many how many personas did you end up with? Five. Five. And actually, right. that was, there was the, the the tipping point or, or the wish that we had from the start. But when we look at all the groups that we actually could group all these people in, we had over mm. 200 groups. And then God. we need to shape and slice and dice, and we ended up with these five beautiful personas that we have representing right. the whole company. Uh -huh. And we could do it because we actually shape it down to, and that was also why the decision about not having the roles came up. Mm. Because we cannot work with 200 personas. I mean, no. that is a catalog. That is yeah. not personas. That is just identifying the different roles that we have. So yeah. what we needed was to kind of left out all the roles and just take the bare personas and their characteristic, characteristics mm -hmm. and try mm -hmm. to build it up on the empathy. So that means what kind of needs, what behavior, what wishes, what fears, all those kind of desires that people have. Mm -hmm. That was the interesting part. And right. not what their role was telling about them. Right. So it was very much a, it was kind of, if you think about it, it was the sort of more emotional aspects of 
people's yes. lives rather than the rational. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. what we That's want, amazing. and that was also one of the things that we learned uh, on, on going through this project, was that we don't need to kind of specify 100% what, what, how a truck driver will use whatever kind of solution we bring into the person. What mm-hmm. we needed was the first start of a project when you actually need to discuss who am, are we building this for, who is, mm-hmm. who is our first persona. And then in the project, whatever solution you're trying to build, they could dive further into figure out, okay, we need to talk with specific people, people managers within this sector, the financial sector, or we need to talk with them. Um, salespeople that are in Denmark. So mm. when you have the first round and you have kind of identifying your first kind of personas and mm. shaped and and shaped your project, then you can start dividing it into the actual people that needs to use it. But the overall generic um, kind of data, you already have them from the personas. Mm. Are, are you able, Marcella, to, to give us a little bit of a, a paint a little bit of a picture of, of one one of those personas or is that something that that you you can do or is it is it is there too much too much information in there to would it not mean anything well i think that uh, it's not about the personas itself because they have different characteristics and we also kind of shape them into to fit within what what was uh, possible to do in the statistical kind of way but I can mm. tell you a bit about what kind of, of uh, questions we asked them. Because, mm-hmm. of course, we wanted to know how they were in their daily lives. So if you kind of, when we asked them and talked to them, we asked them questions like about, okay, you start up in the morning and how is your day from there? Mm-hmm. So we could actually figure out if people were involved in the, taking the kids to the kindergarten or to the school or they were single or they had night shift or day shift or the, the, what, what was kind of the uh, obstacles that they made uh, from the very uh, start of the day. Mm-hmm. And then also we asked them about, so how do you fit in in your organization? How freely do you, uh, have, uh, to, uh, how freely do you plan your calendar? Is it possible mm-hmm. for you or is it a very close task that is actually handed to you and then mm-hmm. kind of do them? Mm-hmm. So all those kind of questions kind of shaped the people, uh, the personas into the different groups that we have. Mm-hmm. And from that, you can actually see about um, what kind of daily life I have, what, mm-hmm. how is my work life, how is my um, team working with me, um, mm-hmm. or how am I a person that uh, gives some things into the team, how passionate am I about uh, talking about products with my family, or which channels do I use, things like mm-hmm. that. Okay. 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 And and did you are the personas do the personas have names or are they do they have a kind of you know a, a data label like a you know a number number A one or B two or something or, or have yeah. you given them names? Oh, that was such a good discussion because we were we yeah we were very passionate. The group was very passionate about all this work, and when you are diving into it, you get so passionate about it. Yeah. Um, and I think that we have the, the, one of the most heated discussion was about if we should give them names. Right. We started if they should be pictures, photographs of real persons, 
yeah. or it should be a drawing as we ended up with, or oh, which right. kind of clothes we needed to have. But the yeah. name was actually one of the things that we had the most discussions about because some some suggested that we could just call it an A B C D, hmm. and I said, but that is not giving you empathy. No. If you meet a persona that is called A. It's not kind of giving me the empathy that I want to give people. Mm. Mm. I'm not able to step into to their lives if it's called A or C or whatever. Yeah. So the name was also really, really funny because we also need to have some names that can go globally so that course, you actually yeah. can pronounce them globally. And yeah. they, all the names needed to both have a female and a male kind of intonation. Yeah, if you understand, yeah, so yeah. you could call one is called Alex, and you can actually your name can be Alex if you're a, na- uh, a woman of or a man. Course. Yeah, and, and it's, it's because, like my name. I'm I'm Joe, and, yeah. and and I yeah, it it can be either. Yes. Can't it? Yeah, it's non-gender. Yeah, and, and the reason why we went with those names is, and, and Simon could be Simone or it could be whatever. So, yeah. but the reason why we did that is because the group behind the persona, all the people that fed into that persona. Could be hmm. both men and women. Of course, yeah. So, yeah. interesting, right? So we've we've only got we've got less than five minutes left to go. It's always it flies by. Um, yeah, it can does. I ask you, Marcella? Can we can we move on to to the practical application? Um, you know, how did the business once you'd gone through this huge task and you'd had those battles about you know do we name them or don't we? Are they drawings or photographs? How how did the business then adopt the personas and start to use them? Well, actually, um, not at all. And that was the first surprise that we got because we thought that we have been working a lot with our stakeholders and engaged Uh them in all process from start to end. And when we actually had the personas and showed them to them, they said, but how am I going to work with this? Mm. And then Mm. we looked at each other and it's like, but Mike, God, what 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 is wrong with all these people? Do, they don't understand <laughs> that we have created this amazing kind of task for them or a solution yeah. for them. And yeah. actually, we went back uh, to the drawing table and then we kind of discussed: okay, what do we need to make people understand the value of the personas, what the personas can do for them? Yeah. And then we came up with the whole assessment tool, where Start up assessing your own idea. So describing your own project in the most simple kind of way with mm-hmm. different questions where you start asking yourself, how can I actually see this project live? Mm-hmm. And then you take your project, read all the, the five personas and say, okay, which personas will this project fit best into? And of course, right. you already have an idea. And then mm-hmm. you start the assessment through that persona that you pick choose and then you start to answer a new set of questions and put the persona in what would this persona answer to this kind of question so it is a whole assessment guide that actually brings you from knowing about your project to knowing about your project through the persona and Mm. you will also discover using that that there's a lot of things that you actually cannot answer and that is because our personas are so generic as they are. But that also kind of lightens up which people do I need to investigate further. Is right. it the truck drivers or is it the people managers or is it people in Finland or 
who is mm-hmm. it that I need to turn to now? But mm-hmm. you already have kind of your, your baseline on place. I see. I see. I see. So if there was one thing, a particular thing that you, you kind of learned from this was that you'd, you'd invested enormous amount of time and effort in delivering this project, you and, and the team. Um, and actually, if you, if, you were, if you were to go back and, and do it again from the beginning, you would probably say to yourself, aha, we, we didn't appreciate that everyone else in the business wouldn't appreciate the value of this from day one. We actually had to, go, we actually had to sell it. To, yes. Um, you had to sell it to your internal users. Yes. And and, and how I has think that, that been now? Well, I think that one of that was one of the eye openers. That no matter how much you think that you have engaged with your stakeholders, you need to engage even more. No matter uh-huh. what. And that is yes. lesson number one. And yes. the second lesson is also to make people assess themselves. So whenever you ask them a question, make them assess themselves from a scale from one to five, how much, so that you are not able to, that you don't need to do that kind of work afterwards because that takes yes. forever. Yes. So those were yes. the, the two main things. And then also uh-huh. maybe avoid discuss, discussions that you know that you should not involve people in, like right. the one with the names, because it takes yes. too long time. Take the decision and move on. Yes, yes. yes. It gets too personal. It's like naming yeah. a baby, isn't it, really? Yeah, it is. It is. And, and it was our babies. Uh, my gosh, we had five of them. And then we were kind of, we've been hitting on that. And I mean, and then of course, if you engage with your, your, your stakeholders, you will also kind of see where they are. Uh-huh. So yeah. have you understood the whole project? Have you understood the value? Can we mm. do some more to actually ease the adoption for you? And yeah. then learn from that. Right. I think we've, that we've run out of the, the main thing. Marcella, thank you. It's been fascinating. Um, so really, it is about a really important project, but recognizing that you have to sell the business benefit, the business advantage of that to your internal stakeholders to really then turn this into something that brings great value to the organization. Thank you. Yes, that, it is. That, that's been lovely. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Marcella, thank you for joining. I feel we've only just begun to scratch the surface on this. Um, So thank you very much for for sharing your story with us. It's been great. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for having me, Joe. It's a pleasure. Good night. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.